it's not often that you actually meet a man who is truly a legend. But today you're going to meet him. His name is Gene Getz. Gene Getz was a teacher and academic and wrote a book about how churches should be. And because he wrote that book, he was challenged to actually start that church. He did, along with another group of friends called Fellowship Bible Church in Dallas in 1972. And that became a movement that has gone around the world. He's not only done that, but he wrote a, uh, basically a commentary on a Bible that's now become a study Bible that is fantastic. He was able to give us a little bit of time in the middle of shooting a bunch of videos. Uh, with me today on Brave Men uh, is Chris Shields, our producer. And uh, Chris, it's an amazing thing. You know, uh, this guy is legendary. Yes. He, he's uh, now in his 80s. Is yes, that right? Yes, he is. I mean, vibrant, but he ain't strong. Stopping. Oh no, man! <laughs> and he was doing fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred videos. Yes, one five zero zero to zero. go with this study Bible. <laughs> yes, and in the study Bible, what's the name of it? It's, it's, it's the Life Essentials Interactive Life Essentials. Study Bible. Interactive, and you study could Bible. read, watch, and apply. And you've actually got a—is that a leather-bound copy? That's yes, an I amazing do. Bible that he gave to us. Yes, and that you glommed onto. Yes, I did. Yeah. So, yes, I have. So, I'm taking full yeah, authority of it. Right, taking full authority. I mean, it's an amazing thing, an amazing man. Uh, he wrote a book called Joseph. He's written, well, he's written, you know, numerous uh, books, hundreds of books, and uh, articles and books, and uh, I think close to 100 books. And so, you know, Dr. Getz is uh, one of these men that, you know, when he speaks, pastors, leaders around the world listen because he speaks with such great authority, such depth. But he wrote a book called Joseph, and uh, it was, uh, what's the subtitle on that? Where is it? Overcoming Obstacles Through Faithfulness. Yes. And, uh, and in that, he dedicated that book a number of years ago to my father, Dr. Ed Cole. Yes. And, uh, and my dad was absolutely blown away because he said, uh, two of my heroes, he said, as he wrote in the foreword, were Joseph, which is the book's about, and uh, Gene Getz. And, uh, and then Dr. Getz dedicated the book to him, and then asked him to write the foreword, and he did. It's a book called Joseph Overcoming Obstacles Through Faithfulness. And what's amazing about that is Dad had actually done a book just before that called The Power of Potential. Yes. How Your Dreams Have Great Potential. We've taken that, and that has become, that's become the theme of the first quarter, I guess up through Easter, of 2021 uh, for Monday Night Men, The Power of Potential. Yes. Yeah, I'm fired up it's about the whole thing. Powerful. Anytime you're talking about Joseph, I'm mm -hmm. fired up. Yeah. Because it's a just a phenomenal story yeah. of the tenacity of never quitting, yeah, never giving you up, you know, and still knowing that you can go through some junk and still be the champion. Dude, you know, uh, and this is real. You know, the thing about the, the stories in the Word of God, like Joseph, it's real people. Yes. Really happened. It's uh, historically proven. A narrative, the things that happened to him. And then there he is in prison, all the stuff that happened to him, falsely accused, on and on and on, betrayed, right? Yes. Uh, he goes through all of that, and, uh, and out of all that, God brings redemption. Exactly. You know, overcoming obstacles. So uh, Gene Getz uh, wrote that book, dedicated to my dad. Uh, then, you know, then does the Bible... Fellowship Bible Church. Yes. This man is a legend. Yes, literally. And, 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 you know, you think of somebody who's that well-known, that famous, and yet he, when, he, when, we were, when you were uh, booking him yes. to be for us to get on a Zoom call and do this interview. He calls me. He called you and gave you his phone number. Yeah, gave me his phone number, <laughs> number one. And two, he said, Chris, how can I best serve you guys? Come on, man. That's what this man, after all the accomplishments, after all the accolades, everything he's done, he's still asking, how can I best serve you? <laughs> but see, you know, being a young man, this is what inspires me. Mm -hmm. And this is what I see in Gene Getz, your dad, mm -hmm. you, and even the life of Joseph. And it's summed up all in this scripture, Psalms 119, 9 through 11. It says, how can a young man stay pure? only by living in the word of God and walking in its truth. 
I have longed for you with passion, with the passion of my heart. Do not let them stray from your directions. I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure, and I memorize them and write them on my heart to keep me from committing sins, treason against you. Yeah, yeah. And that Fantastic. is what you guys exemplify. Yeah, you know, uh, and Chris, you you do this, and I want to get right into the interview with uh, Gene Getz because it's powerful in a second, but. But uh, this is something you and I talk a lot about because as a producer of, yeah. of the podcast and a number of the uh, things and tools that we do with Christian Men's Network around the world in over 100 countries, you interact with a lot of people. Yes. And uh, it's fascinating to take a guy like Gene Getz. Yes. And he's truly a legend. Literally. An, an amazing leader of leaders. And he calls you and gives you his phone number. Yes. How many people is it that have, <laughs> have said, talk to the hand oh. to you? I who won't name who drop. Are, who aren't quite close to being legendary. It, 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 it really <laughs> it, but they're in their own. They're a legend in their own mind. Yeah, it really teaches yeah. me what kind of person do I want to be. Oh, come on, man! You know, and that's yeah. what I've really learned from living life with mm-hmm. you and the Jim Garlows, the Gene Getz, and all these mighty men of God that God has yeah. allowed me to do life with. Because yeah. it's like you can choose who do you want to be. Yeah, do you want to live in your moment, or do you want to have a non? ending moment you know it's you know it's, a legacy uh, yeah gene getz is a man I, to me it's like uh, my friend robert berger and i talk about robert and i say to people uh, he's a humble giant yeah uh, because he just doesn't tell you all the stuff he's no. done and uh gene getz is like that i'm so excited today to have gene getz on brave men you're gonna enjoy this interview it's brave man with paul lewis cole Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm with Dr. Gene Getz. And Dr. Getz, many of you have read his books. He's a uh, writer, author, speaker, pastor, started the Fellowship Bible Church movement by planting a church in Dallas and did it. Dr. Getz, you came out of uh, an um, academic background. Yeah, I was... Right. Yeah, I was, you, I was teaching at Moody Bible Institute 13 years and then uh, came to Dallas Seminary and was yeah. teaching 1968. Uh, you know, there was a lot going on in the culture at that time. Yeah, yeah. Anti-institutionalism, Very middle of the so. Vietnam War. And uh, right basically, in Detroit. Yep. yeah. And so really my church planting grew out of my interaction with the students at Dallas Seminary. Wow. They really challenged me. Yeah. So in other words, you had to sort of, okay, if this is what I've been talking about, I'm going to, I'm going to have to prove it. Well, they challenged me. (laughs) They said, they said, uh, you know, prof, when are you going to go out and practice this? I said, well, I've got tenure, you know, they said, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but anyway, uh, yeah, that uh, group of people in Dallas heard about what I was doing in the classroom. I'd written sharpening the focus of the church. Right go out of the class and they invited me to a small meeting and I shared in essence what was in the book. And then they said, Hey, let's start a new church. Would you? Wow. And that's how it got started. That's amazing. And it wasn't a tumultuous time. So you planted the church right at the end of the Vietnam era. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and right they, at the, yeah. Yeah. And then right at the launch of uh, what we would call the Jesus people movement. Oh yeah. It was, we're in the middle of that. Really yeah, mean, and then the the Catholic charismatic movement coming out of, um, you know, uh, out of the universities up in the north, the Lutheran and Catholic charismatic movement. So there was all sorts of things going on. That's right. And you plant this church, and what was it? Because the church then grew, and people got added to the kingdom. It, oh, it, it just uh, it multiplied like crazy. And my basic thesis, Paul, was that God has given us absolutes in Scripture which lead to principles that are absolute, but it sets us free in form and uh, structure. And I said, let's go back to the basic functions and principles of the New Testament Mm. and then let the forms emerge for our culture today. Wow. That's the way we started. And uh, it just multiplied like crazy. And we actually started uh, five uh, we called them at that time branch churches the first right. five years, plus uh, 
Tony Evans became our first full-time church planning pastor. We paid his salary for three years to really? start Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship. I had wow. him as a student at Dallas. That was a great investment, by the way. Yeah, that investment with a great return. <laughs> so yeah, it just multiplied, uh, and uh, it was it was a it was certainly a God thing. It was the right moment in history. Mm -hmm. uh, people were looking for a fresh experience with the Lord, and uh, God bless it. You know, we're doing a, a Monday night men's intensive online, and. Uh, we had planned to start it next year. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic. So we started it last week, even though we didn't have anything together yet, but we started it. And this week, what we taught was uh, uh, opportunity comes to every man. Uh, so don't pray for opportunity, pray to be ready for the opportunity. Most men miss the opportunity because they haven't prepared. And so what you had done through academic study and through the preparation of your own heart, even writing these books that you wrote. And I think most people, I don't know, I'd say for me, my world, the measure of a man has been a classic in my world for, uh, I, I thought for about 25 or 30 years, but you wrote it even before that. But, but what you did was you were ready when the opportunity came. When you sat down with those people, you had already begun something in your heart. It's like when David showed up to kill Goliath. He had already developed an intimacy with God and walked through adversity. So he was ready for the opportunity. And so your, that clarity that, uh, I think that's what happens in most of our lives. When you wrote The Measure of a Man, what was it that struck you when you think of manhood and of men? Well, basic is interesting in terms of how that happened because I just started the church and I invited mm -hmm. a group of guys to join me. And I took this outline that's in the measure of man, which by the way, comes right from scripture. And I said, let's spend 20 weeks on this. I modeled the first presentation. And then I said, guys, I need volunteers and uh, to lead the sessions. And I folded into the group. Wow. And I began to journal and uh bill greg came to town from gospel light and said gene yeah. what are you doing i showed him the outline he said i want that as a book and uh would you write a book that's a wow. by the way that's a writer's dream yeah uh, and uh and so i wrote then i then i got real serious about journaling as we went through that process and boy it would back to your basic question you know uh, you know, I'd been in the ministry a lot mm -hmm. of years, and this is the first time I had studied very carefully these qualities. Mm. It impacted my life. I, I could see it impacting every guy in there. And those, those qualities, by the way, are not just for leaders in the church. Paul was simply saying, hey, Timothy, Titus, if you're going to appoint leaders in the church, just make sure they're mature, and here's how you recognize maturity. This maturity uh, in Jesus Christ, a profile for every man. And uh, so it just really impacted our lives. And, uh, and then God bless it. Would you believe it's never been out of print in 44 years? My goodness. Not because I wrote it, but because I borrowed the outline from uh, Paul and you know where he got it. Yeah. Well, I often say when heaven, uh, Paul will get the rewards. I'll get penalized for plagiarism. <laughs> But, but that's the reason why God's used it. For, and by the way, this latest edition uh, includes 42 QR codes. Wow. I got, a, I got a QR reader right at the beginning or code right at the beginning of every chapter and at the end of every chapter. So I talk to the guys and I say, as you read this book, here's what you need to look for in this chapter. And the end of the chapter I speak to a group of guys. I become a part wow. of the group and say, okay, guys, what can we learn from this? How can we apply it? So, um, and would you believe it's being used more today than when it first came out 44 wow. years ago? That's fantastic. Why? Why? Because the Holy Spirit came from God. <laughs> hey, let me ask you. Now, okay, here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a little personal question. Did you write that in an IHOP? Uh, I, I wrote a lot of it. Yeah, IHOP and... Uh, uh, Panera Bread's my place now. <laughs> okay, I I heard this. You shared this years ago. I was at a meeting where you spoke, 
and you begin to talk about your process that that you actually wrote this book out longhand. Oh yeah, yeah. and and Absolutely. sat at an international house of pancakes. Right. <laughs> told the waitress you were going to tip her for whatever time she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Pancakes. If I were there, if I were there four times in her station, I'd. I would uh, whatever her make tips it would four have been. times, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that. I thought, and I've used that story because you know some guys talk about we, I've got to go out and do Walden Pond. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got to go out in the woods and write. And I always remind them, you know, Walden Pond was was written twenty minute walk from town, so it wasn't like you know <laughs> Thoreau. <laughs> You know, and he spent the rest of his life making pencils, which is a fascinating thing. But nonetheless, uh, I, I love that because the cacophony of the setting, the noise, being in, in people and people around you actually energized you. Yeah, it really did. And I, I still do this today. I'd, I'll spend, um, I'm redoing the videos, by the way, for my Life Essential Study Bible. Okay. And I will spend a whole day at Panera Bread in a, in a corner. <laughs> and, of course, I have my iPad and I have right. my cell phone. And, by the way, with going to the Internet, you can research. It's like carrying a library around of, you know, a million books. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's all self-contained. And, uh, yeah, it, it works. And I yeah. just learned, I've just learned to shut out the noise unless there's some real loud mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> well, it probably used to happen at IHOP, but Panera is a little maybe maybe a little more sophisticated. Yeah. By the way, we ought to, we ought to get a little royalty from these people promoting the restaurant. <laughs> they should sponsor this one. You know, I I love those kinds of background things though because that's real life. Too often we think, uh, Gene, that we have to be in a certain place to be a minister. That we have to. I'm going to have to go study this. I'm going to have to do this, do that. And I, I always remind guys of the demon-possessed man, uh, Mark uh, 5, where Jesus healed this guy and then told him to go tell everybody. He goes to the Decapolis, and we find out 40 years later there's all these churches in those 10 cities, which I'm sure part of that was this guy who had no formal training, but Jesus said, go tell them what happened to you. Right. And too often we think we've got to have all these things, but you're a team builder. I, I can see that now. You built the men's teams, you're a team builder, and you do that by pulling out of people. And this is what Paul did for Timothy. He looked inside this young man raised really by his mother and his grandmother, pulled out his future and showed it to him. And, uh, and that's what you've done. When you begin to do that, let me talk about mentoring, then I want to get back to this interactive Bible, which I think is fascinating. When you do that, when you begin to mentor somebody and you're building a team, what do you see and what are you looking for in a man's life as, as a servant leader? Well, I, I look for someone, obviously, who is really interested, who is open, hmm. um, you know, there are just so many. I mean, I just find that, that guys really, uh, and you can spot them, you know, they want to grow in the Lord. But when I wrote The Measure of a Man, obviously, we just started the church, and I just threw out the question, guys, uh, let's meet for a Bible study and prayer once a week. And 25 guys showed up. Wow. And and so I found that there's an openness there. And uh, I, I believe you've got to spend your time with people that really are open because mm. uh, there's just so much to do and so many demands on you. That doesn't mean I, I, I neglect the person that I think has potential, uh, but he's resistant. I, you just, I, I can't focus on that. I've got to focus on those that are open and want and respond and uh, and it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing what will happen. Yeah, uh, I can tell you lots of stories. Uh, mentoring, for example, one guy who. Yeah. Um, do we have time? I'll tell this. Story. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, I want to. I yeah, love stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy the, was. The Bible's a story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy was coming across the. Uh, uh, he was coming from California with his girlfriend, and he was moving to. Um, 
uh, to Dallas, not to Dallas, to Austin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, when we get there to um, uh, Austin, I got to find a church. He said, a church? What are you talking about? Because he was pagan. We said, I got to get contacts for my business. Well, he went to the church and got saved. And then somebody said, you need a study Bible. He went to a bookstore and there on the shelf was Life Essential Study Bible. And because he was tech savvy, he got into it, called me. And I sense he's just a brand new believer. And uh, basically I began to work with him. And uh, eventually, long story short, after helping him and mentoring him, first thing he got right was he got married, mm. dealt with his moral issue, yeah, and then got into the word. He was married in the Philippines. There was a pastor who married them there because he married a Filipino girl, said, oh, he, and he gave him a copy of my Bible. He came back and he said, they need these for, this, this pastor said, I've got, I've got 50 men who've never been trained wow. and they're ministering. And this is like a seminary in a box. He came back. I trained him. He went back to the Philippines and gave them 50 Bibles and trained them on how to use it. And wow. I told him, I said, look, you can't go back and minister to these pastors. That's not your, you know, you're not mature enough in Christ, but you can show them how to use this Bible. Yeah. Well, he was just drawing it out of me, you know, driving from Austin to Dallas. Wow. Be mentored. Well, the multiplication was incredible. So I think that kind of illustrates the point in a specific way. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, I, I remind servant leaders uh, regularly that Jesus didn't just take whoever showed up. He chose the first disciples. That's right. You know, and he had a, he had a circle of three, and then he had 12. And, and, of course, he had one guy, sidebar, Lazarus, who's one of my favorite guys, uh, who was his best friend. And, and then he had the 70 or 72, depending on the translation, and then those beyond that. But he chose those men. It was very purposeful. He prayed over it. He, he prayed often over that. And so uh, the Word of God, though, has been the center of everything you do. See, the, every book you've written, and you've written all these books on, on uh, Nehemiah and Paul and David and uh, all the great heroes, Joseph, and, but all of it was, was extracted from, if you will, from the, the depths of the Word of God. It's the center of who you are. Yeah, and, and that's what endures. And it's, right. you know, like uh, I've redone Measure of a Man in the sense of updated it, but I, I just simply update it in terms of the culture. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same biblical outline that's universal, enduring. And uh, so you take those 20 qualities, uh, those never change. They just came from God, and they're just as applicable at any moment in history, any place in the world, regardless of the cultural situation, yeah. you know, how you teach them and lead them into it, you know, you vary that based on culture. Uh, but these are absolute principles. Yeah. And that's what, and that, that is uh, what I really worked on with this is 1500 principles to live by. Never changing, <laughs> applicable anywhere in the world unchanging in it and it applies because you're dealing with the core of a man right the center the character well and it comes from god well there you go yeah the, the principles to live by the life essentials interactive study bible now because you've got all sorts of interactive uh, abilities out of it i i look at the different ones you've done it's it's incredible i was looking at first kings mutual encouragement for fellow christians out of the life of elijah and uh because that's a pretty amazing moment where God says, hey, there's 7,000 other people. Right. That's right. And he was in the midst of his depression, by the way, at that time. You yeah. Know? I think well, he had isolated himself. Event. Yeah. Yeah. He had totally isolated himself, didn't even want to. And, and so uh, my dad taught me years ago that the day after the battle is as important as the day before the battle. Oh, right. Yeah. And that he certainly illustrates that. And he really felt alone, you yeah. know, and God said, no, no, you got to get that straight, Elijah. You're not alone. Uh, there are 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee to Baal, but before that, 
Paul. Interestingly, mm. when he came out of that cave, you remember he was hibernating and, mm -hmm. and there was this great fire and this great thunder and this, uh, you know, you know, phenomena. And God said, I'm not in that. Wow. So he had been used to the fire at, at Mount Carmel. He had been used to raising the dead, you know, the little widows. Right, right. He had been used to all this phenomena, and he was relying on it. And when wow. that dissipated, God said, look, I'm not in the wind and the storm and all that stuff. And it was the still, quiet voice. I'm with you. Elijah. You can't base your spiritual life on phenomena. Yeah. You've got to base it on my who I am. And that, that's a fascinating principle. That is, that's huge because if we don't do that, we start looking for phenomena over and over. And so we become addicted to the event. That's right. And our, our emotional stability can be based on that. And that's yes. what was happening to Elijah. Yeah, he, he became suicidal. That's right. He, he wanted to die. Yeah. yeah, why don't you just kill me? You know, this is amazing. This is a guy who called fire from heaven. That's right. <laughs> this is a guy who prayed. And <laughs> this is a guy and then, who prayed. And, and, and he had all, had all this stuff, and then he runs from Jezebel. Yeah. And now, she, she was a, a powerful woman, but, I mean, that just doesn't make sense. No, he just. If God could take care of 400 prophets of Baal, couldn't he take care of Jezebel? Yeah, and he actually had killed those guys. Hey, this is Chris. I want to take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to let you know the Brave Men podcast is a production of the Christian Men's Network Worldwide and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Christian Men's Network has helped pastors and leaders disciple men for over 40 years. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Christian Men's Network has a YouTube channel with inspirational videos. There you can find the innovative new study, Monday Night Men. When you get there, make sure you click subscribe. Monday Night Men is a fresh resource for men and pastors. As a pastor, you can follow up the 30-minute study with a digital meetup with your men for prayer, discussion, and teaching. Some churches are using the videos as part of a group meeting. As an individual, enlarge, energize, and build a strong mindset. This 13-week study will be on YouTube and Facebook. Get your books and materials at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Stop what you're doing. Take your phone, tablet, or computer and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Unless you think you will lose the podcast. In that case, make yourself a note. That's the Christian Men's Network or Paul Lewis Cole. Now, let's get back to this powerful interview between Paul and Gene Getz. You know, fascinating. Let me ask you this question. Okay, here's, here's my question, and it has to do with brotherhood and fellowship, and that is, why didn't, why didn't Elijah know any of those other guys? If why there were 7,000 that oh, had okay. not bowed their knee, well, I think he knew some of them, but you know how it is when you get in the depths of depression, you don't remember those things. Wow. You block it out. He felt alone, absolutely alone. And remember, he didn't have input. He didn't watch the news every night to see what was happening to the prophets of Baal. I mean, yeah. he didn't have that, that input. So he, wow. he felt alone. He didn't have the information. He was confused theologically confused as well wow. and and god just lovingly set him straight and by the way the greatest thing god did was to give him elisha mm. Mm. and uh because you know there that's the whole concept of we need each other we need the support of each other we're not designed to operate alone and and elijah in that during that period was operating alone. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the wilderness and all of that. And boy, when Elisha came by his side, he was a new man. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. He was reinvigorated. Everything lifted. Yeah, everything changed. We were made for community. Oh, yeah. And that's been part of it's right. the name of the church. That's right. Fellowship. 
uh, was what was the choice of that? Let me go back to that. 1972, and you, you could have called it anything. You know, you could have called it, you know, the Cathedral of the Living God, you, any kind of things. Where did that come from, Dr. Getz? Well, we just basically, uh, and as I presented the biblical material from Acts chapter 2, where it says they continued in the apostles' teaching as Peter was preaching, and people responded. So you have the foundation of the Word of God, but then it says in fellowship. They continued in fellowship. And that fellowship is described very specifically, eating mm -hmm. together, praying together, mm -hmm. praising God together, sharing material possessions together. And then God had uh, favor on that. They had favor with all the people, and people were coming to the Lord uh, because that was a really a fulfillment of what Jesus said, by this all men will know you're my disciples. He yeah. one another. And so we looked at that and we said, well, let's call it fellowship. That's the centerpiece. Bible, church, because that was the church. So that kind of just spontaneously grew out of that passage. Yeah, came out of your heart. So now we live in a nation, the United States. I, I've said it a number of times. Uh, we seem to be a nation more concerned about the calorie content of our children's lunches than the character content of our children's hearts. And, and we live in a culture that, uh, if you will, the church is diminishing. We have more, you know, when people check the little boxes of uh, faith or relig what's your religion, we have more people saying none than yeah. ever before. What's your, you know, here you are passing on legacy, books, materials. What's your hope for the future? What is it, what is it you see? that we need to perhaps pivot? And what is your hope for the future on, on the church? Well, let me think about what's happening right now in terms of this virus. Mm -hmm. um, I think the greatest lesson that comes out of this for everybody in the United States, from the president right on down, is humility. Mm. We were the greatest nation. Yeah. We got the greatest stock market. We've got all this, more unemployed. What happened within two weeks? Wow. I mean, and I see even more humility, I think, in the president. Um, yeah. And, and that, I think, and, and that should certainly be at the heart of what we as believers um, can gain from this that we're dependent on the Lord mm. and it drives us back to him. And I see good things coming out of this, mm. uh, exciting things. And I think that there's going to be a lot more humility. Uh, I hope that that hits at the highest levels of, of our church leadership <clears throat> yeah. and, uh, and, and we don't take advantage of it and take advantage of people because we can manipulate the situation. Yeah. That would be a horrible shame um, because I think that there is a tendency uh, in our culture today, particularly among powerful leaders in spiritual positions to even not talk about the depth of scripture, but to mm. talk about all of the great things around us and, yeah. uh, Maybe we need a lesson in humility wow. in the church. You know, uh, Jeremiah 29, mm. and it seems to me it's, it's before 29, 11, it seems to me it's about verse 7 or 8 in chapter 29. And, and uh, Jeremiah is writing to the captives, and he didn't tell them to escape. He's told them multiply where you're at, Daniel and all those guys. But he said something after all these little things, plant, uh, plant plants, uh, build houses, um, multiply there was a couple other things and but then he said he said but i want to warn you there are people who will come as prophets who say they're coming in my name but they're speaking lies absolutely so so in other words quite often perhaps uh, a half truth is as bad as a whole lie absolutely absolutely and and, and um we've got to come back to the word that and that's where this life essentials interactive study bible uh, for you has become, you know, if you will, kind of a raison d'etre right now in, in your world. Yeah, it's, it's my life. <clears throat> I've been working on it for 15 years. Wow. And uh, 
took seven years to do the first, and I, I mean full time. Wow. And uh, and of course, uh, fortunately, my uh, tech guy David, you met him, yeah, early a little earlier. But uh, he said, Gene, if you're going to teach all this to a live audience, and I knew I had to. Right. I, I was going to design this, especially just for this group, teach them from the scriptures. And he said, let's just put it on the web. Well, six years later into the seventh year, as we were refining it, here comes YouTube and QR code technology. Yeah. And Robin and Holland calls and said, Jane, you've got all of this high level video. Let's put a QR code with every principal. Wow. All 1,500. Wow. And they can access all 1,500 videos. And that was a God thing. And so we went to work. We edited over 300 hours of that video, put the QR codes in the Bible. And when it came out, those videos were available. And here's the amazing thing, Paul. I began to get calls from all over the world. Wow. Because it was on the internet, they could yeah. access these videos, and so that was a God thing, and that was the first seven years. Now the second seven years, I've been redoing all the videos, wow. taking them to high definition, and I'm in the home stretch. I got 48 to go, and I'll finish Revelation. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's no. incredible. You know what I love about that is that. <laughs> is that you've stayed on that front edge. I mean, look at you, you're using a, an SM7B microphone. You know, you got the whole thing going. And uh, you talked about your iPad. At, uh, so you haven't said, oh, I don't know. You know, Gene, I'll tell you, man, I've got guys who are my age or maybe a little older who say, well, I don't, I don't know how to even turn on a computer. I'm like, well, bro, then you're not going to be able to communicate. Okay. You know, this is, and God gave us the internet, uh, Pastor Gene. God gave us this in order to reach people. I mean, I can reach guys. We can reach guys on these little, you know, there's seven and a half billion people in the world and there's nine billion phones. That's right. More phones than there are people. Yeah. <laughs> so we can reach them now in the middle in the of the heart, sharing. Right in the heart of Africa, when they're in poverty, they have iPhones. Yeah. This is their means of communication. I mean, I've seen it. You've, you've seen it. You've traveled the world. And I believe God, and there's, it's, to me, it's not a coincidence that the rise in population, if you overlay that, the, the curve of the rise of the ability to communicate has also risen. I think it's a God thing. And I thank God, Gene, that you have done this. And uh, this doesn't happen easily. These, this is hard work. I know as a pastor, you probably are looking at an hour for every minute of speaking that you actually had to work in order to compress that into a 35-minute message or something. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just want I thank God for that. And I want to recommend that if people, if, if somebody listening or watching hasn't gotten any of Gene Getz's books, I know that's not a possibility necessarily, but if you haven't, for me, start with the measure of a man. That that's a classic, and you've updated it. And then from there, I love the heroes. I love the stories of the heroes. And you did one compilation of the apostles, right? Right. That has all of them. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And so uh, I'm looking at Joseph and Abraham and Daniel. And and by the way, I think it was Joseph. Joseph, wasn't it that you dedicated to my father? I did. <clears throat> fact, yeah. Here it is. Wow. <laughs> You know, it's fascinating because I think, were you in the session? Yeah. Where that was, um, it was a men's conference. Yes. And it was uh, night in, it had to be 1995 probably. Uh -huh. And I found out that Joseph was your dad's favorite Bible character. And I'd been praying about who am I going to dedicate the book to. Wow. So I sat there and somehow I found that out from I don't know, maybe he was talking about it. And so I decided right then and there, when I got up to speak after your dad introduced me, I said, I've just completed a book on Joseph and, uh, uh, Ed, I'm going to dedicate this to you. I remember that. I've never and, forgotten that. And he was, he was thrilled. And so yeah, then I, I wrote, I wrote the dedication, uh, to him. In fact, I reviewed it today and I, I thought, uh, Wow. And then your dad wrote the forward 
for me. Uh, yeah, right. And uh, that was that was just just really ex- that was an exciting moment, I think, uh, for both of us. Yeah, no question. <laughs> so I want to recommend that. And uh, again, I think now you're um, you have you have children, grandchildren. Ah, I have three children, and I have eight grandchildren, and eight uh, grandkids. And what a blessing. That's fantastic. I love being uh, Papa. I love being Abuelo. Yeah. You know, I love everything about it. And where are those three children? Are they here in the... In all the, in Dallas. All in the <laughs> state in the area. In the state, yeah. And it's... Uh, boy, I'll tell you, uh, one of the greatest things that... You know, by the way, I'm 88. And... Uh, Goodness, there's no I'm way. 80, <laughs> yeah, I'm 88. That's fantastic. And, and uh, uh, I have to, you know, get my my uh grandchild fix about every week i mean i've just (laughs) what a blessing that is what a blessing yeah what's what's the line about uh, grandchildren are god's gift for not having killed your kids (laughs) (laughs) well the bible says there's something the crown of old hair yeah (laughs) no it's the crown and and frankly what you're looking at there is See, I, you know, my father taught me this. He said, you know, don't look at the life of your children as the measure of who you were as a parent. Look at the life of your grandchildren. And, and I think that we miss that in this, you know, our culture has become so oriented to the quarterly report. You and I know a lot of the men we mentor are, are driven by that, the quarter profits, quarterly profits. And we're driven by the, uh, you know, how many people watch this particular thing in a particular month. and and we've, gotten, we've become so myopic and narrow that we miss the long-term effect of our lives. I was talking with, um, I think it was John Eldridge the other day, and, and John said something about, he said, you know, in our lives, in his study, that we impact approximately 82,000 people in our lifetimes, regardless of whether we go out of the house or not. <laughs> and I think about that, and in in, uh, every single one of us has a, an impact on, on everybody else. It is, uh, there is a connectedness that God made us to live in community. And, and I think proof that men want to be in community, because I get guys, Gene, that say all the time, oh, I don't know if I can get our guys together. I go, whatever. You know, listen, bro, the reason that, there's, that the bar is full down the road is because guys do like getting together. That is may not always like if you're going to preach to them every time. <laughs> right, right. But they love to interact. If you yeah. can get them into study. And that's how we, you know, did the measure of man. It just grew out of that interaction. Yeah, that came out of your life. If you were, uh, as you mentor young dads right now, because you've raised children and not grandchildren, as you mentor young dads, what are one or two of the principles that you tell them right off the bat? You know, this needs to be part of your life. Well, the one that just pops to me is um, you got to live it. Mm. They are watching you and, you know, uh, what you say uh, has to match what you are because Mm. they discern it very, very quickly. And they also, they also understand imperfection, (laughs) you know, they understand imperfection. And you say, you know, I'm sorry, I apologize. Please forgive me. They'll say, Oh, that's all right, dad. You know, Uh, but boy, I'm talking about consistency, and uh, one of the most encouraging things my son said to me one day, as I he was at Baylor University, and I had picked him up. We we're on our way home back to Dallas, and I said, "Kenton, um, why haven't you, you know, gone out and just gone out into the world system? What kept you on track?" And I hesitate to share this because it sounds a little self-serving, but I'll say it hopefully with humility. He said, Dad, he said, Dad, you and Mom walked the talk. Mm. That's why I didn't kick over the traces. Mm. That was the greatest, greatest blessing to me. And boy, and then he said, and then he said, Now I know you're not perfect. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I know you're not perfect, but you walked the talk. And, wow. uh, and that, that really impacted me. That comes back to the center of something you said right at the start of our conversation, Gene, where you talked about humility. And in the middle of our conversation, you talked about the humility of uh, the pulpit. 
And, and it is, I believe, the mark of Christ, you know, and again, you bring it out in a number of your books about meekness isn't weakness, it's a strength under control. And, and so uh, I, you know, for me, I, if there's any message that comes out of your life, for me, as an observer and, and looking at, at what God's done through your life, is the humility and willingness to be moldable and be used of God. When I talk about you accessing, say, the new things, iPads and stuff and whatever, that comes out of a humility of saying, whatever it is that God's leading me into, I'm ready to learn. You're a lifelong learner, aren't you? Well, yes, I, I am. And uh, I, it's, just, it's just a part of who I am, yeah. um, I guess. Uh, what can I say? Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, I'll say it for you. You know, God's blessed you, and I thank God for you, and I thank God for what you've had to persevere, because I know what it takes to write books, because I'm writing them and have written. And there's a, um, and, and then I think it was Sam Chan who wrote the book called uh, Giving Blood, talked about pastoring and ministering and speaking and, and what that means in terms of uh, your life. So thank you for uh, pushing through what it takes to do all this so that we would be energized and enlarged and our life's capacity be stretched to receive what God has to do for us in, in our lives. And uh, so I just want to pray over you and particularly this Life Essentials Interactive Study Bible that you've worked so hard on. I, I pray that every place somebody receives that and hears that, that that becomes holy ground where you've, because you've put your feet there. And I pray that everything your hands touch will prosper. And I, and I pray that you would stay solidly in the favor of God and he would keep your family at rest and at peace and safe in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. Thank you for taking the time. It has absolutely been an honor and a privilege and a blessing just to hang out with you, even by technology. It's absolutely amazing. So thank you, Dr. Gene. Well, thank you for the All opportunity, right. the privilege. Yeah, God bless. You know, people like Gene Getz, and they create Bibles like called the Life Essential Bible. But you know why they can actually do that? Because they've actually allowed the Bible to become their life. Wow. You know, and there's very few people, like we were talking about before, mm -hmm. you know, the interview, there's very few, I think a lot of the reason why people are so caught up in their own legacy is because they've missed Jesus's legacy. Wow. When you That's put good, on Jesus's That's legacy, good, you walk in a level yeah. of humility yeah. that you're not worried about yourself. You're worried about people seeing Jesus through your life. Wow. And you see that in Gene Getz. That is Gene Getz. He is not worried about his fame or, you know, any of the things that come with it. No. He is, uh, and you could, you saw that and could hear that, you know, in the interview if you're listening, but you saw it on the, on the video part that we did. You know, it's, it's an amazing thing, and to hear that story. So, the Life Essentials Bible. Yes. And is that on Amazon, or how do you get it? Is that you can go on his website. His website. Yeah, you can go on his okay, website. Gene Getz, or you also can go on Moody, uh, the Bible or the Moody Bible Institute website. Right. right. Or Moody.com, yeah. and you'll be able to find it all Fantastic. there. Fantastic. Yes. That is a great Bible, great resource. What does it weigh, about 35 pounds? Oh, Was that man. a 30-pound Bible? It weighs 35 pounds <laughs> in physical form, but in spiritual form, you can't even put a number oh, to it. You can't put a number. Come on, Chris. You know. Yeah, you're rolling you in on that stuff. What a great way to finish the year with truly a living legend. Yes. Uh, I so appreciate him. He was so kind to my father and honored my dad, Dr. Ed Cole. And uh, my dad loved him, and uh, he actually came and spoke at a couple of my wow. dad's meetings years ago. I remember, that's when I first met him. Wow. And he had that famous book, which we talked about, The Measure of a Man, yes. which is a classic, which has been reissued. And I would suggest that you still read it. I mean, yes. people say, well, isn't that older? Well, it's like maximized manhood. It's always relevant, current yeah. and always relevant. And, uh, and then he wrote the book, Joseph, and, and uh, talking about this next year and what we're doing with the power of potential. See, I want to just give the guys, I fantastic. want to give our guys a man. challenge. You know, we're talking about Joseph and we're mm -hmm. getting ready to do Monday night, men, yep. Joseph. And you know, it starts Joseph, January the 11th, January the 11th, you know, and Joseph's name means add to, wow. you know, and when you get the word in your heart, what you're doing is you're doing what God called you to do, adding wow. to the kingdom. And I just want to challenge everybody out there to make a point this year to ask yourself, what are you going to do to mm -hmm. add to the kingdom this year? Yeah. Stop building your kingdom and build yeah, for on, the man. kingdom. There's one kingdom, 
And it's God's kingdom. And if there's anybody who personifies that, it was Gene Getz. Gene Getz. I'm this well, guy. And your dad. Yeah, my dad. And your, and, you know, and and people that we know who are like that. But you know, to have Gene take that kind of time and, yes. and talk about it was fantastic. And I am so excited about launching 2021, going after our dreams. Yes. Going after stronger, being yes. stronger. That's every Monday morning on Facebook. We do that study every Monday morning, and then live every Monday night on uh, Facebook and YouTube is the uh, Monday Night Mail Power yep. Potential, which runs through the week before Easter. So yes. the Monday night before Easter is when we finish, so it's perfect for a church. Yes. If you want to get the tools and materials uh, to go through this with your men, you can get it at cmn.men. Talk yes. to Bruce, right? Yes. 438-4888, 437-4888, Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay, I got it right. I got it on speed dial. Yeah, I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> so go on the website, make sure yes. that's the number, yes. cmn.men. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for bailing me out on that one, man. Sorry, I didn't know you were going there. kind of a blank look, like maybe we should have planned this out yes. or something. should have yeah. told me. Yeah, should have told me. So um, it's been a, it's been an amazing year. Yes. Uh, this, the, this was uh, program number 70 yes, of Brave Men, yep. which is a pretty amazing thing in and of itself. And so uh, launching 2021 with strength, power, uh, dreams, Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. Let me finish uh, 2020 with this. It says, the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. It says, but when he falls, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord will lift him up, Isaiah says, with his strong right arm. Amen. And that's a picture for you and me. 2020, a lot of us have stumbled. A lot yes. of us have had stuff. I mean, we've either been in doubt or fear or whatever has overwhelmed us. But the Lord says, I'll lift you up. Exactly. It's footsteps of a righteous man ordered of the Lord, but when he falls, it doesn't say if he does, it says when he does. Yes. In other words, God loves us even when we're human. Yes. Right? So good. So a great time to finish the year with uh, Brave Men. Thanks for being with us. Remember, uh, you, you mentioned social media stuff. Yes. Like us on Facebook. Okay, you can go to Facebook. Christian Men's Network. Christian Men's Network. All Follow word. us on Instagram, Christian Bang. Men's Network. Or Paul Lewis Cole. Or Paul Lewis. Well, I was getting there. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's something. <laughs> and Twitter. Come on, move along. Move Twitter, along. Twitter, Christian yeah, Men's Network. Twitter, yeah. And then you can go to all those handles as well and put in Paul Lewis Cole. Yep. And that's L-O-U-I-S. Yep. I finally learned how to spell it right. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, but don't tell nobody. Year. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> but, and you can find that. Um, you can find his uh, social media and follow us. Yeah, we're you know, finishing strong, finishing 2020 strong, starting 2021 uh, stronger. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just to go with that scripture, a quote that will yeah. always be a part of me is champions are not those that never fell. It's those that never quit. And Come I on, just man. want y'all to know that you are that champion. You are that champion. Remember, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name? Jesus. It's Jesus. Love you guys. Have a great 2021. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.